Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV, on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Our topic today is the new dad. Dads who are all in, in day-to-day decisions and routines. Dads are the diaper changers and the co-decision makers. Today we have parents at the square table who are writing the new rules for the dad game. They are defining for themselves how dads look, act, speak, and sometimes struggle with being a parent. We have Brian Drowis and Lynn and Richard Sasso. So let's hear some of the ways being a dad today is different, or maybe the same as it used to be. How these dads juggle or integrate work and family, how technology gives them new options in daily routines, and what kind of expectations they might feel, their own or from others, and how dad's choices also change mom's choices. So we've got our mom rep here today too. So welcome guys, I'm happy to have you. And um, I'm going to start with Brian Drowis. So introduce yourself, tell us about your family a little, and um, what that, what it means to you to be called a new dad. All right, well, I'm Brian Drowis. I am father to Lila and Jackson, five and four. My wife, Joanna, is a doctor. So uh, we have two working parents in the household, which certainly uh, forces some of the new dad uh, issues on us, whether we wanted them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but certainly, I feel like I want to be a very involved dad. I really enjoy being a part of their lives uh, at home, at school, at sports. Uh, I have a very busy career. I have a very busy philanthropic life through a lot of involvement that requires meetings and travel and conference calls. So uh, if I had more hours in the day, I'd probably just do more. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it's a wonderful life. So how is it possible to have all of those traditional responsibilities of fatherhood and family and be part of day-to-day caregiving? I mean, I know you have a support village, but you still, you know, you're here at the school, you're, you're talking to your children, you know what's up in their lives. That feels very different to me than past generations of dads. So, so you're right. I'm fortunate that uh, we have my parents and my wife's parents both about a mile from our home. Uh, we do have help at home in the way of one of the most fabulous nannies I've ever met who works full-time. She doesn't live with us, but uh, she might as well. Um, and uh, we're really fortunate to have that time. I also work in a family business. My father and I uh, run a wealth management practice together. So that is sometimes a blessing and sometimes a curse, but certainly I get to make my own hours and make choices about where where best to spend my time. I know you had said something to me. I'm just going to put you right on the spot <laughs> about um, expectations. So the good news is my father doesn't listen to podcasts, so uh, at least I can't get in trouble <laughs> with him. going under the bus. Uh, no, my wife does listen to him, but, uh, but what, what I had said, uh, half tongue-in-cheek and half very seriously, is that 
you know, my, my wife would love me to be available and, uh, and, and there for, for our kids, as would I, as much as humanly possible. And my father would love me to be at work as much as humanly possible. So I'm kind of in trouble no matter where I am, or at least not, uh, not, not meeting the full expectations. My father is certainly an old world dad, not a new dad. Um, doesn't always get why my wife can't just take care of what, you know, all of the kids needs and why I need to be, to be going. So it's a, an interesting dichotomy where uh, I certainly want to, and, and I do, yeah. and he expects me to be at the office and not running to take care of my kids. And I say, Dad, you got to remember, uh, Joanna's a doctor. It's not like she can just pick up and cross town and pick the kids up from school or what have you. So she does. She does a fantastic job of it, but uh, it, it, it takes a village, and it certainly takes a team at yeah. home. And so I want, this is really one of my big questions for today, because it's that how did, how is it possible that the win-win for dads can become a lose-lose, you know, just in a second? And, and then my fear is that just as moms were held to the be-all, do-all of, the, of redefining motherhood, dads are going to go down that slippery slope of guilt and not enough and, and anxiety and the emotional <sighs> of where, where parenting becomes, you know, all joy and no fun. So um, to, be, to come back to, but thank you for that because I know you're living it. Um, okay, Richard. Hi, uh, I'm Richard Sasso. Um, I have two children. Tyler is six years old and Stella is four. Married to Lynn. Uh, we've been married for over 10 years. And um, everything's wonderful. Um, I, I, I would say that there's times when juggling. I see juggling, some on the yeah, floor it, the, What a great caveat. There's times when juggling it is certainly a, a challenge. Um, you know, I think you touched on some of the emotions that no matter how much you do, um, you might be fully invested as much as you can be. And it's more than what historically might have been the norm, but it's still possibly inside of you, not enough. And... It's that kind of black hole I think you were starting to describe that no matter what you might emotionally put in, if you set it up for this perfection or this goal that it has to be so much, it might be very hard to ever kind of fill that. Um, So do you feel that? I have felt that at times. Um, You know, we've discussed this obviously over the past six and a half years and even leading up to sitting here today. And... um, You know, I've self-reflected and thought about it, not just coming here, but even before. And there are times when I feel that for sure. Um, I'd like to think that I'm doing the most that I can. I know that there are sacrifices for sure. And I think Brian brings a great perspective of that juggling where there's something has to give, right? You don't have unlimited time. It's a resource that's not infinite. So um, it's an economic choice no matter what, even if you own your own business, even if you call your own shots, um, I, I think we're all past the, you know, um, housing, food on the table. Like if you can, if you can't provide that, well, you know, there's no issue of how much time you can give your kids. But once you get over that threshold, uh, the rest is just glitter. And if you can figure out how to balance that and also give them everything they need, it's an economic choice, though, in the end. Like if you're giving them, your children, your family, more of your time, you're losing out on possibly advertising on the web or finding new clients or expanding your business. And that's a constant, I would say, internal, not struggle, but something that exactly it's a choice. It's a choice you're making for sure. So and only because I've heard so many of your stories over the years of your experiences doing things with your children, 
describe for that, just to bring that positive part back to the table. Sure. Um, you know, what it means, like what your role as a dad means with time that you spend with your children, because you do have, you know, a lot of one-on-one. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think time. it means everything to me. We've talked about that, that looking back, and I've always tried to imagine future self, right? Like we're sitting here and we're dealing with problems that seem so big today or um, you know, things that matter so much today, but looking forward 30, 40 years, are we going to remember that we made that choice to spend more time at work or doing certain things, building our business? Or will we remember that we took a vacation with our kids, um, that we did certain things? So what I get back from that time I spend with them is equal to or more than what they get out of it, I'm sure. All right, before I put Lynn on, so the question for both of you is, how do you know your children differently? than um, other um, father roles, uh, whether it's past generations or just more stereotypical, you know, compartmentalizing the parenting. Because you know your children in a very personal, personal relationship way. So so I I always tease my father because I I say, hey, can you name five of my friends (laughs) from growing up or name five of my teachers or name five songs that were popular during my entire youth, right? And he manages... (laughs) Three or four friends from you know varying stages of my life, from pictures <laughs> mostly. Uh, you know, he knows who Mariah Carey is, and that's about it as far as the music goes. And he can name probably one or two teachers, but but I really feel like his it, his mentality was: I need to go to work. I need to work as hard as I can. I need to make the kind of money that that will provide for my family and allow my my I'm an only child, so allow my son to do what he wants to do, whether it's go to college or summer camp or whatever it might be. So I really feel like he had uh, very much pressure and responsibility and a very blue-collar work ethic to, to go roll up his sleeves and do, you know, from sun up to sun down to, to make sure that my mother and I had the, the life that, that he wanted for us. So Okay, now describe what you know about your kids. So it's a little bit different, obviously. I mean, they're, they're certainly still young, and there's, there's plenty of time for me to screw things up. But, but <laughs> th- th- thus far, I, mean, I think I know the vast majority of their friends, first name and last name. I know what they're into. I know their the teachers. I know their, the sports they're in and the activities they do. I coach soccer and we're going to be at a dance recital and I, I I just I love it I love seeing the world through their eyes and, and I, I I mean you know every nuance and this is what I just want to put out there in the world because this is a whole new experience for me even working with families over the last 10 years I feel like there is a it's just seismically different and and what I want to put on the table I hope you don't know you don't mind it's you know you don't only know the pretty you know the nuts and bolts, you know. So when you're walking a, a, a preschooler down a hallway on one of those crazy mornings, you, it's not like mom, you don't have those illusions that moms are home eating bonbons because, because you know that children will try your patience. You know that children know your buttons as much as they know mom's buttons. Well, you caught me in a moment two but, days ago. But I love that. <laughs> that I love that. I could see you silently cheering me on. I was. I was. I was like da- doing the cheer dance down the hallway. Richard, how do you know your kids? So I, I think Brian's uh, description of the historic kind of dad role is pretty spot on. And I think um, that was the norm. And I'd say that my experience growing up was very similar to that. And it's pretty fascinating hearing someone else describe it or thinking about it, that we're not talking five or six generations later. Like, that's a huge difference. It's, you know, a full turn in a different direction of uh, just kind of a societal way of of seeing things. Um, I would say for myself, just like with anything, the more time you spend doing it, 
So being around them a lot of hours, seeing the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, you do get to know them in a very special, unique, um, flaws and all way. And uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It does make it, I'm sure, more challenging because there's not just, um, okay, we're dressed up today for the recital and and you see the finished product of it. You're driving to the recital, uh, to the practice for the recital, driving and coaching at the sporting uh, teams that they're in. So there's just a different kind of dynamic than, like you were saying, the finished, you know, beautiful watercolor product. There's the, let me see the hands got dirty making it and, you know, they they threw the paint around the house and they spilled the paint. I don't think anybody even knows what this is going to look like 20 years from now because you know these little people in a real different way. Even in so much as being home with the other child while the older or younger sibling is at soccer or dance or what have you, I I even think that just the one-on-one relationship between myself and either of my kids is different than uh, the, the... traditional, you know, paternal child relationship. See, and the way I look at it is it used to be the dads were only the disciplinarians, you know, the ward cleaver, you know, wait till your father gets home. Nobody's living in fear of dad versus mom that way. But then I think the pendulum swung a different way. And we even had a podcast on it, that fun dad. But it was like, dads were like, no, I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be the good guy. And then they came to good guy. But then they were saying, but you know what? But my child doesn't take me seriously when I have to set a routine or a rule or be the sole, you know, person when mom's traveling. And so then now you've got that balance. You got the whole deal. So I got to put Lynn on for two minutes. We're, we're, we have limited time today. And so, I mean, this could be like a whole series. So but I want to know just the mom perspective how this changes your relationship and how it changes your parenting or anything that you're thinking. Go for it. It changes everything. I mean, um, I'm so lucky not only that it eases the burden off of me, but that I see my kids getting that time in relationship. I mean, he takes them one-on-one on on trips, um, which, again, is something awesome for the two of them, but then it gives me one-on-one time with the kid that's left behind or it gives me a break um, from you know, bathing two of them and, and feeding two of them. It, it's just such a nice thing to have a true partner in true it. Partner. Um, and I feel we're lucky to have the, the have built the careers um, that allow for that so that he, he's flexible with his schedule. I help him if he needs help. He helps me if we need help. I mean, he drives one of our kids to school every day and picks them up every day because they're at two separate schools for now. Um, so just to have that, Support and to know um, if I have to go away for the weekend or go out for the night, he knows exactly what to do. It's You're not, not the gatekeeper anymore. Right. He, yeah. I'm, I don't worry that he's not going to know what they eat or how to bathe them or how to put them to bed or if one of them's sick or if I don't worry about any of that. Um, and we actually, this came up last night, we were talking about it, and one of the moms was saying that she was out. And um, her mom said to her, oh, who's babysitting? Your husband? <laughs> and we looked at each other like, no, that's your dad's don't babysit. Right, like, right. but that's Finally, that-, that notion is sticking in the world, I think. So, mm-hmm. okay, real quick, that whole idea of that new dad changes the emotional support of mom. How, do, how, does, that, how does that team thing change everything compared to what we've thought about past relationships, past families? I think, uh, 
I think it's actually interesting because they're in in our heads. There's still the traditional maternal and paternal roles, right? So so Lynn just said, you know, I don't have to bathe two of them, or I don't. So I, I feel like sometimes moms still internalize that they're the mom and they're the caretaker, right? But feel pressure because of the, their their career or their travel schedule or whatever it might be. So they still sometimes you have to check yourself just in inside the team. Absolutely. Right? And I that, think that, that that's you, 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 your, your brain tells you to fall into these traditional roles, role. yeah. and then you realize that, that logic doesn't allow that, right? You can't do it. And I think there's also external pressure to that because someone will call being with my children babysitting, or someone will say, Joanna, how can you go away for three days, four days a week and leave them with him? Are they going to be okay? Be okay. Right? It's, I don't worry when I'm away. She doesn't worry when she's away. She probably still worries, but she says she doesn't worry while she's away. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think it's, still, it's still a struggle, whether it's, whether it's overt or it's internalized. There's still a, still a dichotomy there that needs to be overcome. Did we take you guys off the pedestal? You know, there was that moment in time when dads were involved, when if you were at Home Depot or you were in, in the mall or, the, or Publix or at the playground, it was like, hey, dad's out with his child. And it'd be like, dads could do no wrong. I mean, even if they were doing something really insane, it'd be like, it's a, it's a dad solo. But I think you're not on the pedestal anymore because now it's like, no, come on, you're sucking at this right now. Is that, yeah, is that true? It's just the way it should be, it seems. But for all of those changes and how different it is, and that's kind of, I would say, the big um, constant in our conversation today. I wrote this note down as Lynn was talking. I really feel that the mom's role is still, and it just naturally, I don't, I don't know why, as involved as I am, is still the captain, the quarterback, like in charge of that whole dynamic. And the magic that comes from the mom is what makes it all happen, even no matter how involved I can be. And I don't know if that's biological or it's just wired in or it's societal that it's just been in there for well, the new you know, 100 study, generations. The new study, Boston Globe, June of 2005, and Pew is supporting all of this great stuff that's saying that none of that, those stereotypes have to be true. That when we look at dads and moms, they are equal in terms of nurturing, in terms of caregiving, in terms, I mean, that the stereotypes are not in the DNA. However, I think you need a quarterback and a captain on a team. And, and if that's what, you know, I think every family has the freedom and the flexibility to make these definitions themselves. So let me, this is going to be my last question, um, and then we'll do our wrap-up. So my question for you then is that whole idea of like, I think you guys are, this is a train that's still moving. This is a train where you are defining and redefining this in whatever way you want to. So what do you see in that, in the power, the freedom, and the choices for you um, in terms of defining, redefining, and again, kind of in a personal way? Lynn, I'm going to let you go first since I haven't given you a second today, but... Um, I mean, for me, I think, you know... Um, and do you want to be quarterback? Yes. I think <laughs> I, Yes, in everything. <laughs> always, yes. Um, I think for me, especially now, wrapping up this preschool chapter, moving forward, you know, I, I feel like I have the freedom now to go back to work or do something new. or And I don't have that stress of, but if I go back to work, what am I going to do with the kids? Because you know, they only know me in that way. So to me, it gives me so much freedom and relief and um, just 
the ability to, to kind of do what I want and have time to myself truly to figure out what I want to do with the next, yeah. you know, chapter. So I'm worried about the dads, but I'm really excited for the moms in this picture because um, I think it is a really healthy, fabulous um, alleviating of some of that burden that women were carrying solo. Richard? I think uh, the example you made in asking the question, you had said a train, you know, a moving train. And so in my mind, that kind of triggers a, a thought of it's definitely a train. It's a journey. I, I want to be on board for that whole trip <laughs> and see the whole thing, right? Like see the, uh, the, the parts that aren't as exciting on that voyage out the window and the amazing vistas of the mountains and all that. Um, but a thought that we've shared often is the journey is coming like at the speed of light yeah. and they grow up so fast and I call it the slow motion button. Like as I'm on that train, I really want to kind of put the brakes on and slow it down so that even those vistas that are kind of normal or average or they might be boring or every day, you want to soak them all in because a month later, that is just behind you. And, and you know, it's still kind of chugging forward at this uh, And what I heard from speed your priorities speed. before is that you're making the choices that allow you to do that. Absolutely. And, and to be able to have that control that freedom um, to make those choices will we'll give you those pause buttons and it's going to change this is going to change the world again yeah I don't, I don't think anyone ever sits at their deathbed saying I wish I worked three more hours that one week right I mean that's it's it's never the case even so we get locked into this present view instead of like you said getting sort of having a future view forward-thinking view so I think that's really important um, Karen, you, you said in, in your opening or your opening question to me, how is it possible that you can balance and juggle and do all this? I have no idea how it's possible, right? If I stop to examine how it's possible, my guess is all the balls would fall. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we don't stop to think about how we do it. We just do it, yeah. right? Part of the reason is that we both have insanely capable wives who help us and allow us to do it. And right. you're resourceful so, problem solvers in every way so to really know what you need it in is, your it, I've said the word team a number of times, but we've said we are team drowists from the start. I mean, it is a team effort. If, if one needs a pickup, they get a pickup. If one needs to be left alone, they get left alone. It, it's, and that's it's, important, too. It's, yeah. it's very important to know each other and to balance, balance the effort. And they never balance. Sometimes it's more stress on me. Sometimes it's more stress on her. It's never really a balance, but it's understanding that it's that there is a give and take there. Somebody so, once said it's not balance. It's always balancing. Right. <laughs> You're just always yeah. on the tightrope. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that as it moves forward, I really do think that the societal pressures uh, will evolve uh, once it becomes more common that the new dad is really taking on these responsibilities. And then I think it will be very much understood why I may not stay in the office until six o'clock if I want to go home and have dinner with my children. So if it's understood by the, the customers or the clients or the, 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 the CEOs, the whomever it is that's judging the worker for not, the dad for not being there, right, right. right? I think it's easier on the dad to make that, make that choice and it doesn't necessarily have to become an economic one. It can just be a values-based choice, and I think that's where society's moving. Love it, and that, oh, and great. I think it's going to come from both directions. It's going to come from top down, and it's going to be it's kind of come from this force of dads making different choices. Oh, we're ruining it for everyone else. Love it. Don't get me wrong. Love it. So a wrap-up question is always the same: um, How have you got this? How have you got this for today, for this week, for this stage in your children's lives, for this stage in your career lives, for this stage in your marital relationships? How have you got this? Lynn, I'm going to give them a minute to talk, so a minute to think and give you the first um, up. Um, I, I think, I mean, hearing my husband speak, uh, 
we are, just as Brian said, a team. And when you have that support, you got this. When you're forward thinking, you got this. When you are aware that you're in control of these choices uh, and you're aware of the consequences of these choices and you're overall pretty happy with how it's been going along so far, you got this. And when you feel your wives, you know, adoration, respect, love for the choices, I mean, we're all like saying, yeah. So I'm just going to add that to you. <laughs> Richard, how have you got this? I think when the choices and all of the ones we make come from a place of love and we're going to make mistakes along the way. But I think inside, you know, I wrote down kind of a swagger about it. Like you get to a point when you're just like, I got this, you know, like. I'm going to goof it up sometimes, but I'm going to knock it out of the park other times. And you just kind of internalize a feeling that you've got it. And of course, in the beginning, there was way more of that self-doubt. Can I do this? There's no manual for it. Like, you know, people give advice, but I've never been through this exact experience before. So you question yourself, you, you doubt, and you're figuring out the path. But just knowing you can do it and tying in that trip where I took uh, Stella, our daughter, to Disney just one-on-one. -on -one. We went for five days uh, leading up to that. And it's a lot. I mean, yeah, people would like laugh or like, are you crazy? Like you're really doing that with a four-year-old. Because and the dad-son thing even seems a lot easier than dad-daughter. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely. What another stereotype, of course. It, and up until maybe six months before that, I just didn't think, and I had done that with my son twice already. It was like even self-doubting then, like, I, you know, I think I'm ready. I'm not sure. And we talked about it, and then you just get to the point, that kind of swagger, I got this feeling, and you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, like, we'll get through it. And I just love it. If you're going to go to that weird emotional place of dad, self-consciousness, self-doubt, and maybe a little guilt, what if we can bring the swagger right. for moms and for dads? And that's a whole dad concept, I think. Hashtag so, dad swag. Right? Dad swag! <laughs> We're going is. for it. I'm loving it. Okay, Brian, how have you got this? So, so... Uh, as I previously said, not sure exactly how I've got it, but but I think uh, what we try to instill in Jackson and Lila is whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So we think we can. Whether or not we know we can, we think we can, and we move forward and, and we try to do it. I think back to uh, some of the, the, the people that I grew up with, and they're, I could tell you which ones have the dads that were there, Bo boys and girls, right? And I feel like the girls had healthier relationships with, with, with their friends and, and certainly, you know, later in life with, with men, I feel like uh, the boys learned that they could be present and affectionate and didn't have to be that tough guy, stereotypical 50s, you know, rolled up white sleeve, white, you know, white t-shirt guy. So I, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I just think, uh, I think what we're doing is so right and I, I feel it yeah. and uh, we're just gonna, we're gonna think we can and we're gonna do it. I love it. Thank you so very much, new dads, bravo. <laughs> so that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just wanna be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week, take care. Oh, 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 wait, we're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. 
Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.